We're exploring the big opportunity that is the Walmart marketplace. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. We've made it to the last episode of our January growth series. Thank you for joining me for all these episodes. Um, It's been a pleasure shining a light on so many ways to grow your business in 2022. That means that right now you can listen to all nine episodes I've selected to help you pull together that perfect plan for 2022. Don't worry though, we're not stopping podcasting today. We are still going to be bringing you an episode every Monday to inspire your e-commerce success and help you along the path to net zero. We always get a lot of new listeners in January. So if you've joined us for the first time or you're one of our regular listeners as well, it's brilliant to have you here. Thank you for coming and joining us. We announced back in December, we're now jointly focused on both making your business more successful and on helping you on your path to net zero. And in this episode, we're exploring a huge opportunity to grow your sales, part of the big marketplaces trend we're seeing at the moment. And, uh, you know, part of that big diversification of where consumers are spending their cash online. It's also got a very subtle net zero angle, which we're not really going to talk about. So I'm going to cover it quickly here, which is your ability to be a net zero business depends on your supplier's ability to become net zero. And Walmart have made some huge commitments in that area. So it's a marketplace working to the same ends as you. So that makes it a good place to be investing time and effort to launch on now because they are also heading down that path to net zero. Before we explore the huge opportunity, the huge blue ocean that is Walmart Marketplace, please do check out our sponsors. Are you looking to increase your sales without a lot of extra work? Omnisend's email and SMS marketing automation platform is tailor-made for e-commerce businesses like you. It's got everything you need to start making more sales immediately, including one-click integrations with the major e-commerce platforms and super easy migration from your existing email marketing platform. They even have award-winning all-human 24-7 customer support who will help you out in under six minutes. No more trying to get past the chatbot. Omnisend is trusted by over 70,000 e-commerce brands and me. Yes, we run our email marketing on the Omnisend platform. Ready to join us? Well, sign up for a free account at ecmp.info forward slash Omnisend and use the code masterplan2022 to save 15% on paid plans when you need them. And now to introduce today's guest experts. David Shomer and Ken Wilson are the hosts of the Firing the Man podcast and founders of multiple six and seven figure e-commerce businesses. Hello, David and Ken. Thanks, Chloe. Looking forward to uh, recording the podcast. Yep. How are you? It's awesome to have you both here. So um, I thoroughly enjoy being on your show. So I'm I'm excited to you know kind of continue our conversation, but on a totally different topic. Um, <laughs> Before we get into that that topic, though, how did how did you guys get into into e-commerce? Sure. Yeah, I'll go first uh, and then kick it over to David. So it's a little bit interesting. Uh, it was about five years ago. I was on Christmas. We were on Christmas break and my daughter and I were, she was like, Dad, Dad, I, w- I want you to watch this YouTube video. It's really funny. And so we were watching this YouTube video and an ad popped up 
with one of the with one of the what we call Lambro guys. He was leaning on his Lambo, and it was an ad for an Amazon course. And, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm selling all these things, and I'm making all this money." And I was like, "Man, I can do that." And so at the time, you know, my career was in network engineering, and so you know, I, it was like no raises, more responsibility, do more, do more. And so I was like, you know, what what if? And so within you know, three months I had started an LLC and started a business and went through the whole process. And I started first with retail arbitrage where I was going out and buying, you know, and reselling. And then I went into wholesaling, found a few vendors. And then each, each one of those steps, it was kind of like, uh, I don't see how this scales with retail arbitrage. I'm like, I, I only have so many hours. And with wholesale, it's like, I don't, there's only so much margin. And then I found private label and kind of where I, where I settled in today. So that was my, um, kind of journey into where, where I am today in private level. Wow. You, you covered in a short period of time, a lot of kind of like the major e-commerce models. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was an interesting, uh, journey kind of going through each one of those and then kind of, you know, it wasn't, you know, retail arbitrage wasn't a good fit for me. It was interesting. I learned a lot. And then wholesale, you know, learned a lot. Uh, and then I realized margins were super narrow and then into, you know, private labels. So, yeah, it was, uh, it's been an interesting journey. Because yeah, it's as much about finding a model that works as it is about finding a model that works for you and your skill set and what you want to achieve. David, did you find something similar in your journey into e-commerce? You know, I started right in private label. So I, I don't have the background of retail arbitrage that Ken has. Now, since starting my private label business, there has been a couple dro- products that I've drop shipped. But for the most part, I've been private label from the get-go. And uh, so a little bit about my background. Five years ago is when I started my Amazon account and, and started selling private label products. Uh, I found a, it was on Facebook. It was one of these Lambro ads. It, it hooked, it sunk its teeth in just like it did with Ken. And uh, I've always liked business and, and have thought of myself as somewhat entrepreneurial and was working at a CPA firm and uh, doing consulting. And, and I would say I enjoyed it, worked with a lot of great people and learned a lot. However, I, I knew my, my final goal was always to run my own business. And uh, found this as an opportunity to, you know, carve a path out of working in public accounting and uh, into owning my own business. Nice. And I'm loving the phrase Lambro. I haven't come across that one before, <laughs> but it is so on the mark. Everyone listening knows exactly what you're talking about. Um, okay. So why Walmart? Why, why are we here in our January growth series identifying key growth methods. Why are we talking about Walmart? Absolutely. So I can I can start this off and I'll kick it over to Ken. But, you know, I, I would say most e-commerce sellers are somewhat involved with Amazon. I mean, that's where Ken and I started. And, and I'm going to get to your question about why Walmart. But you, you get to a point where you say, okay, I want to expand my business. And I can either take my existing products and sell them in new marketplaces or I can launch new products. And, you know, for experienced e-commerce sellers, we all know that all product launches don't go great. And, and so uh, as, as Ken and I were looking at expanding, you know, Walmart was a serious consideration. And now I would say their online presence is relatively new. I mean, that walmart.com has been around for a while, but I would say since COVID, they have placed a lot of dollars into growing their presence online. And, and so, 
you know, a couple stats here that that makes this attractive. And and I would say the the first is, you know, the the competitiveness. And that's something we've run into on Amazon. If you look at the number of third-party sellers on Amazon, it's uh, 2 million worldwide. If you look at walmart.com sellers, there is a 130,000. So while the marketplace still may be smaller, there is a much smaller pool of sellers. And so that's something that, uh, and, and we'll go into this a, a little bit later, but um, there are some barriers to entry on, on getting onto the Walmart platform and you have to apply. And, you know, once we're on the other side of that barrier, boy, do I love barriers to entry. Uh, while we were going through <laughs> me, the process. Me I was, too. It's yeah. like, you know, I've been in e-commerce for 20 years now or very nearly 20 years. And the barriers to entry generally in e-commerce have just fallen through the floor. So anyone who can find a space in this industry that has some barriers to entry that you can find your way through, Hallelujah. I will go after that blue ocean any day of the week. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I would say, you know, that we are not, uh, we had done some sales channel expansion. So we had went on to Etsy and eBay. And, you know, what I think differentiates Walmart from some of these other third-party marketplaces is just the pure size of Walmart. And, and so you've everyone's heard of a Fortune 500 company, right? Well, that, that list is compiled uh, based on revenue, your global revenue. Well, guess who's Fortune 1? Walmart. And, and, and you know, they, they did uh, $524 billion in revenue in 2021. Now, Fortune 3 company is Amazon's, but $281 billion dollars in revenue. So Walmart is nearly double the size. And so, um, you know, that alone, uh, you know, they say it takes money to make money, right? And and so if we've learned anything in, in the US in the last 50 years, it is do not bet against Walmart. Uh, they are in every small town. Uh, I don't know exactly what the statistic is, but I believe anywhere in the US, you're, you're within maybe a, a short drive of a Walmart. I mean, they are literally everywhere, over 10,000 stores worldwide. So um, that that's kind of, you know, another piece. And, and the the last piece I'll say on, on why Walmart and why it was particularly attractive in 2021 was inventory storage limits. So uh, with COVID, uh, people rushed to start selling on Amazon. You had a lot of brick and mortar retailers that started selling on Amazon and simply put Amazon ran out of space. And so they're investing heavily in putting in more distribution centers. However, that takes time. And so I do, I have not talked to a third party seller that did not have issues with this in 2021. Now, uh, Amazon in the U S has 110 distribution centers and they're, they're trying to grow that rapidly. Guess who has 210 Walmart, <laughs> Walmart. And, and so, um, you know, no inventory storage limits currently on Walmart. And it, it really solves that pain point for, I have inventory on U.S. soil and I need to sell it, but I can't even send it into Amazon. So what do I do with it? Because it's not making any money sitting in a warehouse. And so, you know, I think taking into account kind of all three of these factors made Walmart a, a particularly fun play and, and something that we think is going to pan out differently than, say, our expansion into eBay or Etsy, which, you know, really, in, in our experience, seem to add more headaches than uh, the the amount of profit that it, it was contributing to the overall enterprise. 
So the competition levels are low We've because we've got cool barriers to entry. They've got obviously a huge footprint, huge revenue, which means huge number of customers and no inventory storage limits, which would be music to lots of people's ears listening. Ken, are you finding, are you anticipating there'll be some level of first mover advantage as well in the mix? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, whenever we were discussing, you know, which marketplaces to go on and, and, you know, David's a numbers guy, he's a CPA. And so he's like, you know, explaining all of the, the numbers, oh, this is the opportunity. And in my mind, I'm thinking nobody is on Walmart yet. And so if we, you know, the, the movers, the, the large, large third party Amazon sellers have been on there for, you know, five, 10 years and, and they had first mover advantage. And so I thought, you know, absolutely let's get on there. Let's, let's get our, um, our catalogs imported. Let's go through, let's jump through the hoops, you know, the barrier to entry. Let's do that. Cause some people won't and let's get in there early and then, and then ride the wave of growth. And so another thing, you know, Chloe, you mentioned earlier was, um, if it, is it a good fit for everyone? And so the products and catalogs that we sell in our, in our entities, uh, I would say a lot of them are consumables and a lot of them are sub $50 products. And so, and product market fit, I think is huge. If you, if you're selling, you know, a $3,000 product that's really super high end, that might not be a good fit for, for you, for Walmart. But if you're selling consumables, you know, items that are sub $50, you know, I, and, and our catalogs were, and so it, it is a good product market fit for us. Would it be fair to say it's, if they're the sort of products you'd expect to see if you walked around a Walmart, then they're the right sort of products to sell. But if they're not what you'd see walking around Walmart, then you're probably not a good fit. Is it si as simple as that? Or is the online product mix a bit different? You know, I think the online catalog is obviously a lot larger, you know, because Walmart only has so much shelf space. And, and a lot of that shelf space is, you know, is paid for, is earned through online sales, right? Whoever's selling the most online. So the online market is more of a test bed of, of, the, of the retail shelf space. And so... You can do that. You know, you can go through a walk through a store. If your cat, if you see your product similar to yours and your catalog on the Walmart shelf, then you probably are are going to be a really good fit. Otherwise, you can test. You know, if um, if if your if your products are consumables or you know not um, now I say sub fifty, but but if you know if you're selling um, any kind of a medium, you know, low end products, um, you know, you can test them out and, and see. But if you're selling high premium products, probably not a good fit for Walmart. And is the, um, you know, to get technical for a second, the Walmart marketplace opportunity, is that a pure US play at the moment? Or is that more of a global play in terms of either the consumer base or the sellers? I would say that uh, right out of the gate, we are focused on the US. Now they are adding international marketplaces. But if you look at where Walmart does most of their business, it is on U.S. soil. Now, they're in 23 countries. Uh, however, over half of their their stores and distribution centers are here in the U.S. And so when we decided that we wanted to dip our toe into the water, it made sense to start in the U.S. where most of the business is done. Now, uh, once we hopefully have success here, uh, international expansion is something that we'll definitely be taking a look at. Yeah, I guess also it's the, I guess two things about the fact, you know, Walmart is primarily in the US. One, it makes the fact it's number one on the list for revenue so much more impressive because Amazon's doing it globally. If we just compare those two and Walmart's 
pretty much just pulling out of the US. And also, you know, the benefits you've, you know, the reasons for being on there you've outlined, quite a lot of those are, are operational benefits, which that's where Walmart's footprint is. So even the overseas, they haven't got that same operational footprint, inventory space that's going to benefit them globally. So it's a bit of a, it's, it's not a quick solution to roll out to another country. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, like I said earlier, don't bet against Walmart. They have found a way uh, to climb their way up that list to, to Fortune One. And and so I uh, I would not shock me if, if their global presence is, is, you know, doubled perhaps in, in the next five years. And um, Ken, anything you want to add in before we get kind of into the how to get started on Walmart side of things? Yeah, I would just say, you know, like, you know, kind of echoing what David mentioned, the the roadmap of growth, you know, this this um, the series of growth. And and if you think in your business, like if you're thinking long term, three years, five years, um, where is the most opportunity? You know, and, and Walmart is kind of setting the stage here of growing their online presence in, in, in the U.S. And then, like David mentioned, they're in 23 countries. So I would, you know, one can only assume that um, they're going to expand. So. Yeah. So time to, to get involved now, get that first mover advantage, overcome those barriers to entry um, and start start shifting some more units. So how if someone's got one of those kind of commodity products that are in that kind of around $50 mark, is it obviously there's some barriers to entry here. So and I don't want to, you know, I don't want you guys to give away the really, really good stuff because, you know, can't take all your first mover advantage away. But how is it, do you simply go onto the Walmart site and start applying um, or do you have to phone them or, you know, how does, how does one start to get involved with selling on Walmart? I would say it starts with an online application. Um, you know, you need a, a business tax ID, an EIN, an address of operations and, uh, and then you you start to to move your catalog into Walmart. Now that application process uh, took us a couple of weeks, and that's something that kind of goes along with that that barrier to entry. Now uh, this last year, and I, I think in terms of the gatekeepers at Walmart, uh, they tend to be fairly U.S. centric. Um, in 2021, they only let uh, six thousand. Uh, Chinese companies on their platform. And, and so uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. They need to put food on their table as well. However, I would say that that gatekeeper has not existed on Amazon uh, as we've seen um, some of these, you know, we've experienced in our own business where our manufacturer becomes our competitor and they beat us on price every single time. And so uh, it, it is nice to, you know, like I, I mentioned before, now that we're on the other side, I'm glad that there's that that firm gatekeeper. So I would say very similar to how you would apply for an Amazon account. And then uh, there's kind of a second step where you can get brand registered and, and, and start to get uh, more of the, the benefits a, as you would on Amazon. And, and Ken, I'm, I'll let you get a little bit more into that. Sure. Yeah. So like David mentioned, it's, um, you know, an online application piece and, and you have your business credentials and, 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 you know, it's, it's a pretty easy application. Um, but it, it does take 
it does take a while, maybe an hour. There's a barrier entry there. Um, and when you apply, it's about a two to four week process. You know, I think when, when, as Walmart's getting more uh, popular, a lot more sellers are applying. And so there's kind of a delay. Um, but that, the first piece is applying. Um, and I, I believe with most of ours, we were approved within two to four weeks. You know, kind of the next step is what you're going to do with your inventory piece you know are you going to fulfill orders yourself or are you going to use a 3pl or are you going to use walmart's uh, wfs walmart fulfillment services so then it's it's kind of that that piece of work where you're what you're going to do there with your catalog oh uh, so it's not a pure version of the fba model you've got those choices of self-fulfillment sending it all to walmart and let them dealing with the habit you know dealing with the whole thing um which presumably comes down to some maths and some what you've already got set up levels of things. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, if you, if you have your own warehouse, um, you know, on, on Amazon, they're very, very strict with uh, seller fulfilled and, and timing and, and shipping and stuff. Whereas Walmart, uh, you know, uh, you can fulfill yourself, um, you know, depending on, you know, you want the two and three day badging. It has a really, it, it increases conversion rates, Walmart says, by 30 to 50%. So you definitely want that two to three day badging. Um, you know, early on, we partnered, now WFS, as as David mentioned earlier, Walmart's got over 200 fulfillment centers and they're expanding rapidly. But they've had a rush of, of sellers join and they're still turning it up. So the WFS process takes it takes a few months to get that all set up. And so, and also a, approval. So we, we partnered with uh, 3PL um, early on to get, to get our launch mode going quicker and they had integration in with Walmart. And so they were able to add the two and three day badging. And so, you know, you can, you know, you can use a three PL as well if you don't have your own warehouse to get that two and three day badging uh, until you're in, if you choose to get into WFS or not. So a couple different options. And, a, and an even longer delay on the WFS. Acceptance. Yeah. Exactly. It was, I think, I think, um, one of our brands took two months, one of them took wow. one and one of them took three. And so, yeah, it's, it varies pretty widely. Um, as you know, am I, am I shortened as, as Walmart, you know, kind of gets out in front of everything. And what I will say in 2021, we saw the, the Walmart portal, it's, uh, they're changing rapidly. They're doing enhancements every month. They're coming out with new features and, and they're really putting some, some, uh, money behind it. Yeah, they're they're funding it really well. So um, in 2021, from start to finish, we've we've seen major improvements to the portal and and the speed too. Sorry, David, off to you. Yeah, one thing I want to add to this, and this was something that was a serious consideration when we were getting into it, was the investment in inventory. So uh, typically, if we were to expand into another sales channel, for instance, like Etsy, we would just drop ship. Uh, out of our Amazon inventory. And so really you didn't have that much more investment in inventory. Now with Walmart, you, you can't drop ship out of Amazon inventory. Now they are, they're, they're uh, competitors and and of, of course that's against the terms of service. And so we, that required a, a, a significant investment in inventory. And I would say also in terms of inventory management, now, instead of checking inventory in one place, you're now checking it in two places. And so there are some tools that are are starting to get uh, up to speed. But but our inventory management, we, we, you know, look at Walmart, look at Amazon and then kind of marry up those those results together. And, and so uh, it is challenging. But again, it's a barrier to entry that that I think may keep some people on the sidelines. And, and to be honest with you, I, I hope it does, <laughs> at least in the categories that we're selling in. So, um, yeah. Yeah. A little bit more work to do, which of course 
you know, we've talked a, a lot across this month, which, you know, you guys aren't fully aware of, but we have talked a lot about both the marketplace opportunity and the fact that consumers are now buying in multiple places. But of course, every additional channel of sale you add into the mix, it's not just that the time it takes to balance the inventory and make sure the stock's in the right places. There's also the customer service elements, even if it's only dealing with one person, there's still customer service in there. There's also um, learning new, you know, the marketing method for each platform. And Ken mentioned that they're making a lot of changes to the Walmart website, which of course means a whole load of new things in the algorithm and opportunities for making sure you're, you know, you're listing your products in the right way. So I guess it's, as well as the the challenge of getting listed, as well as the challenge of managing multiple inventories, the other warning flag for people is, you, even though it's new and it's a bit of a blue ocean, presumably just listing and praying is not enough. You've got to be learning that you need the two to three day banner on your products, and that there's you know you've got to be keeping on top of what the algorithm likes and the and the customer likes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, with Walmart, like you mentioned, Chloe, it is changing rapidly and the listings are, you know, we ported our listings over from another marketplace and they fit somewhat, but they didn't fit altogether. And so Walmart's got, um, you know, they have some tools and some AI and they say, okay, we want your title to be in this category. It should be this many characters. And they have actually a, a pretty good tool to use for listing optimizations. And so I, I thought that was a really good feature that they implemented that about six months ago. And so it really helps sellers with going through each listing and, you know, kind of tweaking and optimizing for, for Walmart's algorithm. Um, they don't have video yet. They're still behind on that. You know, some of the like advertising methods and stuff are very crude and different than other marketplaces. So it is a complete different ecosystem that you have to get in and learn and really optimize for, for success. Cool. Well, look, rather than us getting too deep into the exactly what to do, I know you guys have put together a checklist for those who want to give Walmart a go to get them started. So could you tell us a li little bit more about that and where they can find it, please? Yeah, sure. So uh, David and I, we, you know, we created a, a Walmart Marketplace launch uh, checklist and it kind of covers the, the top five or six areas or sections that you're going to want to follow. And it's pretty much a step-by-step -step with links embedded into the, the document. And then we have a kind of a tips and tricks bonus section at the end of, of stuff. You know, once you kind of get through the, the basics, um, then, you know, kind of what's next, what's next level, what's going to take you to that to that next level and give you that competitive advantage. Um, you know, we're going to have this download at uh, firingtheman.com backslash Walmart for all your listeners, Chloe. Excellent. Thank you. We will make sure that is in the show notes. Now we're going to pause for a second to hear from the sponsors. And then David and Ken are going to share both of their top tips with us. So, so kind of the double the magic coming in the top tips round in a couple of minutes. So please stick with us, everyone. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Building growth requires a laser focus on your costs and profits. You need to spend as much as you can in the right places. Working out those right places, marketing channels, products, customer segments, is all about understanding your profit at a granular level. That's why you need a profit calculator app like BeProfit, especially one that has such a good relationship with its users. This is just one of BeProfit's many awesome reviews. 
brilliant app that has a ton of features enabling you to make strategic decisions with your business with confidence. Support is also the best I have ever experienced for an app. Fast responses and they will apply improvements from your suggestions seemingly overnight. Join thousands of online sellers who already make sense of their data with the BeProfit app and get 15% off BeProfit using the discount code MASTERPLAN15, that's 1-5. Just go to beprofit.co, B-E-P-R-O-F-I-T dot C-O. We've all reached peak frustration at one point or another with Google Ads. You've created a beautiful campaign with all the right keywords and targeting and ads that are the perfect fit for your perfect customer. But the sales just aren't coming in and you just can't work out which Google Ads lever you should pull to fix it. Sound familiar? Well, thanks to my friends over at Specialist PPC Agency Digital Gearbox, you don't have to struggle any longer. Digital Gearbox take the hassle out of navigating the murky dark arts waters of Google Ads and right now they're offering a free in-depth account audit for anyone who might be stuck in a rut with their campaigns. To improve your Google Ads performance, please book your free audit today at digitalgearbox.co.uk forward slash masterplan. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So David, Ken, are you guys ready for this? Yes, ready. Excellent. Guys, I know they are because I've seen the notes um, (laughs) before we get into this. One of them has a lovely pink post-it note, but I'm not going to tell you which. Um, Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? And David, we'll come to you first on this one. I'm going to say Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss, and and the reason for that is I, I don't know many entrepreneurs that that actually work a four hour work week. However, there were some principles in that book that were are timeless, and I think you know we constantly are overwhelmed with our to do list, and, and the more we can get off our plate and outsource, the better. And so that was a really meaningful book to me in, in the beginning of my journey, and and would recommend it to anybody. Yeah, likewise. Never come across anyone who's achieved the four weeks, but the principles are good. Um, Ken? Yeah, so my book is uh, The Miracle Morning. And the reason I chose this is the um, the single book that's had the biggest impact in my business. It's it's allowed me to free up time and, and it, it gives me that competitive advantage over um, anyone else that's not read that book. So I, I highly recommend Cool. Two big recommendations there. Okay. The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? And let's carry on. We'll do David first and Ken second again. All right. So uh, forgive me for being a nerdy CPA, but I I have to comment on profitability here. And I I think we're always talking about more, more, more traffic. And, And my lesson is not all traffic is profitable. And that is something that if you want to get a million visitors to your website, if you spend enough, you will achieve that. Now, is it good traffic? Is it traffic that's going to hit the buy now button? Perhaps not. And so uh, this is something that I, we're trying to measure in our business in terms of what's the ROI on this activity. And, and I would encourage, you know, if someone is investing heavily in social media and say blog articles, measure that. What is your return on investment? And you may find that this is not a profitable way to to allocate money uh, to this particular traffic source. 
top tip. Uh, Ken, your turn. Yeah. So uh, my sleeper is email, email marketing. And, and, you know, we use it to, uh, uh, to connect with our customers. And I think it's just a kind of a secret weapon for anyone that's not using uh, email. It's, uh, I think it's uh, going to be around for a while. Oh, I think you're completely right. I love the synergy between your answers there. David's saying, look at the profit, look at the return on investment. And Ken's just named the highest return on investment channel <laughs> available, <laughs> or, which should be. If your email's losing money, you're doing something horribly wrong, people. Um, okay, let's see if your synergy continues as we go to the tool top tip. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Day. Yeah, I'll kick this off. Uh, Sellerboard, and this is a uh, again um, my my nerdy CPA flag is flying high right now. Uh, this is a financial metric tool, and it syncs up with your Amazon API. The thing that I really like about it is it lets you dial into profitability. So uh, for the longest time, I would get on my phone, I'd open the Amazon Seller Central app, and I'd see how much sales were. Uh, however, that data point alone was not as helpful to me as I was running my business. It was, what is my profitability? What is my ad spend? Uh, Sellerboard does a great job of, of combining a bunch of information in one spot and uh, allows us to you know, see what our top selling products are and what trends are going on. And it's something that I would say probably my most used business app on my phone. Nice. Uh, Ken? Yeah, I'm going to go with a communication tool. You know, we have we have employees in four different countries, and and we're we're online all all throughout the day, and and we use Slack in our business, and it's a really really good tool to communicate effectively and have everything in one spot. You can do video, you can do lots of there's lots of bells and whistles. So Slack is my my tool of choice. Slack is the most recommended app on this podcast, and what I seem to have seen over the last couple of weeks is increasing numbers of e-commerce software programs like you know sales trackers and marketing tools having now has slack integration so they'll tell slack how you're doing so there's no escape from your stats anymore which i think is <laughs> nice. marv a marvelous move on everyone's part um okay the last one then the growth top tip if you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1000 what would be your number one tip for them and david will come to you first again on this one I'm going to go with international expansion. And as I look at our product catalog, I would say 20% of our products tend to generate about 80% of the profit, right? The 80-20 rule. And if you're looking at growing your business, uh, you could launch 10 more products and, and two of them may be winners and, and eight of them are going to be losers. And you're going to invest a lot of time and money into those eight losers. Now, if you already have what I'll call like a slam dunk product, one with a lot of reviews, a product that has good packaging, just all around solid product, why not take that to other marketplaces? I think it, it is a less risky next step uh, in that you already have a relationship with the supplier uh, and you may be able to increase your order quantity, which is going to decrease your unit cost and uh, just give you a lot more leverage with that existing supplier. And so I think international expansion is a great play if you're looking to grow from 100 to 1,000. Cool. I, lo I love that. And Ken? Yeah, so this one kind of... Uh piggybacks off the email from earlier. Um, I, my growth, my growth hack is, uh, listen to customers and solve their problems. And so we've done this in all of our brands. We'll take a product and, 
and you know, after first launch, it might have some issues. It, it, and we ask our customers, send out emails. We say, hey, w- you know, what's what can we do to improve this? Um, and just listen to what our customers want and solve their problems. And I think when you do that, then the sales just come in because if you're solving problems, then people want that. People want you to solve their problems. That's what it all comes back to. What does that customer want? Um, David, Ken, that has been absolutely brilliant. But before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and um, your businesses on the web and social media, please? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Firing the Man podcast, anywhere podcasts are played. Uh, You can find us at firingtheman.com on social media at Firing the Man. And if you want to get a hold of Ken or I, uh, David at firingtheman.com and Ken at firingtheman.com. Simple as that. Um, Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for shining a light on what appears to be a quite a nice, massive blue ocean of opportunity that is selling on Walmart. So um, hopefully we've not inspired too many people to come and jump in that pond along with you. Uh, But kind of, I actually hope we have. Um, So thank you both for, for being on the show. All right. Thank you, Chloe. Yeah, thanks, Chloe. So if you are looking to get your products listed on a much less competitive space and sell some pretty big volume, both from your own website and eventually, it seems, from straight out of the Walmart infrastructure system and warehouses themselves, then maybe Walmart uh, Marketplace is going to be a big opportunity for you. Like everything in uh, in this series, do do think about, is this the right one for you right now? Because if you try and implement everything we've talked about this month, you will send yourself crazy. Um, but if you want to find out a bit more about this one, then do head to firingtheman.com forward slash Walmart, where you'll find that brilliant checklist that David and Ken have put together for all of you. You can get your hands on all our notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to everything we mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. When you're on the site, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the many things I share to help you improve your business and walk you along that path to net zero, including notifications as episodes go live and details of the webinar I'm going to be hosting to round off our January growth series, where I will be sharing my take on where you should focus for maximum impact this year. Thank you so much for tuning in to the e-commerce master plan podcast. We are now back on our normal Monday release schedule or Sunday evening if you're in some parts of the US. Uh, So I am bringing you a new interview every Monday to inspire and help you to succeed and thrive with your business, both to make it more successful and to turn it into a force for good for our planet. If you know someone the show can help, please do tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a brilliant week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Feeling overwhelmed by your business metrics? Be Profit provides you with a unique profit dashboard that's flexible and intuitive. The app turns complex data into easy to understand charts and graphs so you can truly understand the financial health of your store day in, day out. BeProfit gives you the power to master your numbers. Get 15% off BeProfit using the discount code MASTERPLAN15. That's M-A-S-T-E-R-P-L-A-N-1-5 
at beprofit.co, B-E-P-R-O-F-I-T dot C-O.